You're listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 162. Can I be like a political candidate was recently? Go ahead. I like greeters that don't need to be trained. Oh, my. All right? That's the kind of greeters I like. I like the ones that you don't have to train. They're they're just friendly and enthusiastic and outgoing. It sounds like maybe they're gifted. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry, the Abbott and Costello of Ministry Podcast, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and I am delighted to be Ooh. half of your hosts, and I'm here with my good friend and podcast uh, partner extraordinaire, Johnny Craig. Maybe not extraordinaire. That was a that was a fantastical opening. Yeah, but I don't want to. I want. I don't want to pump you up too much. That was a lot more sparkle than you usually have, though. Is all I'm saying. Hey, I do. I do have to shout out somebody. Shout out. And I feel bad. You know what? I'm going to look. So say something. Is this for a, a negative shout out? No, this is a positive. Okay, 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 okay. This is a positive shout out. We love positive shout outs on the Tuner Churches podcast. I just need to. Oh yeah, yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Let's see. It's Kristen Bentley. Oh, this. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, Kristen Bentley. But she doesn't, I don't think she tells me the name of her daughter. Things that make your day which so is, much better. Which is, you know, Kristen, thank you for not giving <laughs> out your daughter's name. It would probably be the mark of a bad parent. You probably. Know, putting their daughter's name on the internet. What kind of person puts their kid's name out, Joseph Asher Eliza? Who does that? <laughs> so so we've got this big little church conference yep. coming up in the Portland, Oregon area. And it's going to be in April, April 11th through 13. And uh, Kristen Bentley apparently and her husband are coming to it. And she talks about her little girl saying, Will Jeff and Johnny be there? You'll you'll actually get to meet Jeff and Johnny? And her daughter says, I'm so excited. Well, Oh, I, my goodness. Kristen, I did look at your kids' pictures on Facebook, to and your and daughter Johnny. looks very excited about life. That's right? funny. Let alone that. But I'm going to call her Sarah. So okay. we're just going to name her Sarah. So Sarah. just make pretend, little Bentley girl, just make pretend your name is Sarah. Sarah, that was so kind of you. To say that, and that was very sweet. You so, made our day. You did. You, you did really make did. Our day because you know what? We both have daughters, and you know what our daughters would say? Yeah. Ew. <laughs> well, ew. My, you have to see our dad. Mine's only two months old. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Johnny's daughter is two months old, and my daughter is twenty-eight years old. Yeah, there so you, go. you fall right in the middle, and you have the right perspective. It's the right perspective. Sarah. Yeah. Not your name, but that's what we'll call you. Yeah. Anyway. It did make our day. It did. And I am looking forward to meeting this couple. At the big? At the Big Little Church Conference. Big Little Church Conference. I think it's biglittlechurch.com. And that is in April. It's up in... uh, Portland, uh, Oregon area. Oregon, yeah. It's in Washington State, Okay, it's in Washington. That's what's always getting me confused. It's just across the border. Okay, so it's up there in Washington on the border with with Oregon. And Jeff, Jeff will be there. I will be there in spirit only, uh, as my wife will be likely giving birth during that conference there's something i want to say about that conference but i don't think i'd better because i'd probably get myself in trouble yeah that you don't want to get uninvited but yeah but i'm just like that though hey That's hey hey terrible hey i don't think i told you this yet johnny okay this is exciting news okay this i'm ready exciting news 
I'm going again. No. Yes, I am. No. To the super secret. How come I can't get an invite to this pastor's thing? retreat? Am I not old enough? It's, Do it's you have at to the be end of 50s? April. It's at, uh, it's at the very end of April. You sure it's not an age thing? It's the youngest person at this last time. Okay. was 46 years old. All right. Can you I be honest like, with ah, you? whippersnapper here. It's, it's, it's not an age thing. It's just that they just don't want you there. <laughs> It's not an age thing. You're right. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I'm so excited be to be Rob able going? to go. Rob is that's the only reason I'm going, that's man. That's the reason right there. Now, if you're also going to the super secret, uh, you know, Mayo Mountain or whatever we call that place. Literally nobody retreat, else listening is going to this. There might be one, one or two of them <laughs> aberrantly listening to this. Oh, my. Don't don't hear that I'm only going because of my buddy Rob. And Honestly, though, really, that's not true. When I was there two years ago, I realized... About in the middle of my time there, I realized, wow, I am like, this is a real retreat for me. Good. I'm out in nature. We're four-wheeling down these old railroad tracks. I'm with these other guys, and they're all pastors, and we're having a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, I retreated. I actually retreated. That's good, man. uh, On top of that, the cherry on it all was I got to go out with with my good friend and spend that time together, so... Very, very exciting. I wish I could go uh, on a retreat. I wish you could go, but you oh, know, wow. Johnny, it's just not that time in your life <laughs> and in your family. There's you, no time for retreating right now. I mean, just, you know, That's 25 not. years from now. There you go. You'll be able to probably. When do all those the kids are grown. Things. That's right. That's, That's right. funny. So today. Today. Uh, so anyway, uh, Sarah Bentley, not your real name. You made our day. Thank you. Yes. Very kind of you. Yes. Very funny. Get a ticket to the big little church conference. Not the super secret pastor's retreat. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Hey, can we say this real real quick? Somebody's going to go supersecretpastorsretreat.com. Please don't. I don't know what that website is. I don't is. either. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, but we a couple weeks ago we talked about why your sermons had to be longer. This was 2 weeks ago, Jeffrey? Yes. 2 weeks ago. Yes. And I would just like to give an update that we have actually been taking our own advice. It's been phenomenal. It's been phenomenal. It's been yes. great. People have enjoyed it and appreciated it. And it's made Jeff and, and myself, I was part of it the first week, um, it's made us think deeper about the sermon and about the application. And so if you didn't listen to that podcast, I'd go back a couple weeks from this one, I think episode 160. I think it's 160. And yes. uh, listen to that podcast about making your sermons longer. It is... Uh, I can't say it's a good podcast because it was just me and you, no guests. But I think it's good advice, even though it's just us giving it. It was good because we start the message on Thursday and yep. end it on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. So yes, very good. So, anyway, so today, 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 we're gonna. We don't normally do this, but the title of this episode is small churches are the worst. No. Oh, that's no, no, next no, no. week. That's next week. That's okay, next week. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> now, simple ways. Simple ways to create better church experiences. Yes. Simple ways. Now, I was listening to a podcast recently, Johnny. In fact, it was, yes, this morning, where the host introduced the guest. And the yeah. guest, he said the guest was planted a church uh, about a dozen years ago. Okay. And they've got uh, uh, over 3,000 people. Oh, of course they do. And I thought, okay, Amen. all right. Praise Jesus. I mean, that used to be the only stuff that I could listen to, and uh, I continued to listen, and they said, well, they've got you know this many at this campus and this many at that campus. Now, did I learn? Yes, I learned from, from it. The guy's a very sharp guy, sure. very good, but, sure. but I, had to, I had to use a lot of adapters in my mind yep. and say, okay, how can I use this here? So what we're going to do today 
is we are going to talk about our awesome small churches and say sometimes it just takes thinking about the very simple things that we can tweak or adjust a little bit or, or change. In other words, we're not doing more. We're right. just no, 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 no. taking what we're doing and just doing it maybe differently. It's optimizing. But it produces a much better experience yes. and therefore a better outcome in our ministry. Yeah. Well, so, like always, we're not out trying to bash churches, okay? Like, your church experience is bad, and now you need to make it that... To be fair, that is my natural uh, inclination is it, to be and that's that way. Really, that's really not size-specific. You even it out, and we're not trying to say that. No, it's not size-specific. Uh, we're not trying to say, oh, you're worthless, you've made a bad church experience. It's not that. It's more just to say, let's think about this for a minute and how great our small churches are, and we can make our small churches even better. Or, and this is just the way I thought about it when I was writing some of this, is we can give people better entree into the goodness of our small church. Yeah, and you talked about, and we were talking about this with somebody yesterday. You talked about the hotel room. The hotel room. I thought this was really good. Yeah. So talk about that for a second. It, so if you, you, there's a hotel, and they have the best, they have the best rooms with the best amenities, granite countertops in the bathroom, pillow top, king-size beds, you know, fantastic thousand thread count sheets and everything else. Everything white screen. and fluffy. It's perfect. They clean it like three times a day, leave a mint every time, whatever. There's an on-call masseuse who just comes on the house and gives massages all this different kind of stuff what a place right and you walk in the door to this hotel and that's what the rooms are and the lobby is a mess like there's there's like some rats in the corner for some reason like eating a half half uh, decomposed wheel of cheese you know what i'm saying (laughs) like you're ringing the bell at the front desk and there's like no like can i get some service up here what's going on and it's like this is the best they got the best rooms the actual you get past this lobby and this hotel is decked to the nines but i tell you my wife if she walked in your hotel lobby and it was a mess and cluttered and gross and you couldn't get help and where do you go and who do you talk to and the people are rude she's never going to get to that hotel room she will she's gone remember we were at that hotel this past summer yeah Remember that? Yes. We got two free nights. Yeah, you walk in. It's yeah. But the thing is, we got up to the room. Yeah, it wasn't really. Better. It wasn't that great. No. No. So in our churches, sometimes the lobbies can be what they are. Maybe the websites can be what they are. And you're saying that there's something beyond. Yeah. The first impressions. Your church is it's probably got something to offer. Something great. Something that makes you unique. Right. Like that. And your church is great at that. Right. That's who you guys are. But maybe people don't see that when they first come in, right? They don't see that at first blush, and they're they're missing out on the ability to get to the good stuff because they're getting turned off by the surfacey stuff. So I, I have two words. I think yeah, our churches should good be words. accessible okay. and enjoyable. Wheelchair ramp. Yeah, yes. Right? Accessibility. Yeah. Accessibility, but but just in gen- every part of the Sunday morning should be accessible. Now this is this is a big church thing, an Andy Stanley thing, right? Have parking lot attendants, all this. Your church probably doesn't need parking lot attendants. Ours doesn't. But people should feel like they walk in and know what to do, where to go, 
what's going on. Rob had an anecdote about this. He said somebody was in his church and he saw them pulling on some doors to get them open. It's a converted movie theater. Yeah, they and were they use this theater as like storage or something and they're locked doors. And somebody's pulling on the doors and he's like, no, the sanctuary is this way. He said in that moment, I realized we need more signs. Yeah, we need to yeah. point people better toward where to go. That guy might never come back. Why? Because he felt silly trying to open locked doors. Oh, it's a, he's an idiot. What's he going in that for? Everybody knows. So Rob says it's not accessible in the <laughs> right. way that it should be right. and then enjoyable. And now, again, I'm not talking about some people are going to get their hackles up when I say enjoyable. Um, I'm not talking about making an entertainment-driven type of morning, but people should feel comfortable at ease. They should enjoy coming to your church. It shouldn't put them like on edge or it shouldn't make them feel confused. Your church should be accessible and enjoyable. And I think that everything we have to talk about today makes it more of those things. This is true because a lot of small churches think, uh, well, you know, they think about all their limitations. Right. And you may have a small church and it may be 200 or under, and you may think, I've got all these limitations. And and yet I heard somebody say recently, and I think this is so true, that the myth of that so many small church leaders and even church planners can, can live under is, oh, when we get money and when we get people, right. then we can do X, Y, Z. Right. And, and the truth is that the best stuff often happens when you are creative and God-dependent and say, okay, we don't have much, but we're going to figure this out and we're going to make something happen based on the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us yeah. to do ministry together and based on the fact that the that the, God can do this and God is building his church and God is reaching people. And sometimes the greatest ideas come out of that. Uh, let's see, what is it? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. Right? Yes. So that, if, that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to beat anybody yeah. up. So if you're a small church pastor, a small church leader, if you're a church planner, don't wait until... Because when you have money and people, you've also got a, a, a lot more concerns yes. and a lot more things you have to deal with yeah. that will be also obstacles to whatever yes. it is you're trying to get to. So... There's always going to be obstacles, but God always provides a pathway to uh, also to do ministry. And we want the, the people's experience at our church to be enjoyable, yes. but also accessible. Yes. So we're going to talk about three areas. We're going to talk about facilities. Yep. We will talk about people, and we people. will talk about programs. Programs. In that order. All right. Facilities. The first one, Johnny, go. Facilities. And the first, I said facilities. I'm sorry. The first one under facilities. Johnny, go. Outdated? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Are your facilities yeah. outdated? Now, hear me out. So many. I already heard the groans. Okay, right. I get it. We can't help it. The first question under here is, what can you control? Okay, our church has uh, carpet throughout the whole lobby. It goes back into the back. It goes down hallways. It, 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 it goes everywhere. It's like the Flintstones. It's like creeping Charlie, and it's except for uglier. So it's everywhere, and it's not, it's not attractive. Can I say that on the pod? Am I going to hurt somebody's feelings? It's not pretty carpet, okay? It is what it is. We're, we're used to it, though. See, we're used, we're to it. used to it. We can't replace the carpet. It would cost thousands. Like yeah. it would be a deal. And there's really nothing wrong with it. That's the problem. Exactly right. So <laughs> it's what can so you long. what can you control? Can't afford new carpet. We understand that. Okay. But what about paint? Huh? Does your paint need freshened up? Because that's that's like a hundred bucks. Right. And a work weekend. 
do you have wallpaper someplace? We have a bathroom that has some wallpaper that it's kind of I mean I yeah, don't but know. It's pictures of Jesus and his disciples. Is it bad to take that down? It's outdated, <laughs> right? So like so this is a self I'm just saying like you're not alone. Everybody listening has outdated parts of their churches that could use some sprucing up. I'm not telling you you need to get new carpet. Some of that stuff you can't control. I get that. But some of it you can, okay? So what about paint, wallpaper? What about the fake plants that you have laying around? Like newsflash, nobody likes fake plants. I kind of like fake plants. Okay, how old are you? Hey, I have a fake plant that's still <laughs> in my living room along next to the real plant. Okay. No, but seriously, what you have to do, Pastor, you have to ask the newest attender. Yes. What is outdated? What's when outdated? you came, when you came, what's outdated? Or invite somebody from another church. Yeah. And invite another pastor in town. Hey, on Monday, come on over just for like at eleven o'clock and just walk through and tell me what's outdated. What's outdated? And then I'll buy you lunch. So you know, something yeah, like that. That'd be a great thing for you to do. So that's the first one. What's outdated? And what what do you have the resources reasonably to change? That's right. outdated. Be be honest. Look at the church. Look around. What can you change with the resources? Yeah, you can't afford new carpet. That's fine, but you can do something. How about clutter? Clutter. You know, clutter. It, it clutter is unnecessary. We really don't have to have things sitting around, and we just need somebody who who sees the clutter. Yes, to help us either tell us, you know, what get some people to take care of the clutter. Find the people that would love to declutter. And just give them permission and give them authority to come in and to get rid of the clutter. If you don't get rid of it, at least hide it, right? Hide it, <laughs> yeah. straighten things up. Out of a non-people area. Yeah, because people that are organized and orderly, they it, it distracts them. And then they start thinking things that aren't true. I mean, they start thinking things like, you know, you don't think your church is important. You don't really care about people. If you don't do this right, what else don't you do right? And it might just simply be that that it's just been there. And because you you and your church people, you're always there and you just don't see it anymore. I know I've told this story, okay, but it's ever present for me. My dad told me this story one time. It stuck with me forever. There was two people went for a job. They went for the job interview. They were equally qualified. The guy could not make a decision. Who am I going to pick for this job? So he went to make his decision. He went out and looked at their cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he looked inside of their cars, and one of them was a wreck, and one of them was pristine, and that's the guy that he picked. You know what I mean? How did it work out for him? It's a fictional story. I don't know. <laughs> but So he picked a pristine. No, that's not fictional. I heard recently on a podcast the this, the hiring people yeah they do that they go out they they follow the person out after the interview they actually go right to their car wow. and then they notice what their car looks like that's not actually fictional so so I'm saying why do we do that because when you see clutter it's a negative connotation negative association in your mind if somebody's car is a wreck cluttered whatever. Uh, you have a negative connotation with those things. People don't want to come into your church and see it cluttered, okay? You're trying to make a better experience, kill the clutter. Kill when the clutter. You, when you and Kayla came, there, there were several things that you noticed, but the one thing that I remember to- was this parrot the picture. parrot? <laughs> there was a picture of a parrot on the wall in the hallway. Oh, my word. I don't picture. know where the parrot came from. Oh, my goodness. And it had no purpose. Well, it had a purpose at some point even for at the, least one person. Even the place where it was hung was awkward. Yeah, it was. And so... You know, I'm easy going. It's you know, I'm not going to worry about it. But I know where that picture is. We should put a picture on this blog. When I looked at it, I realized, yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> we need to take that picture, of that parrot down, because it's just not helping us at all. It it's wasn't not helping good. us. No, no, no it wasn't and a good look. And it's this third thing. So uh, there's outdated the cluttered. There's outdated facilities. There's cluttered facilities, and then there's 
confusing? Confusing. Is facilities. your church confusing? Our church is a little confusing. We have yeah, hidden yes. bathrooms. This church has Dover. Our church has fifteen bathrooms. I think <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of bathrooms. There's bathrooms on bathrooms. Nobody knows where they are. They're like hidden gems. It's well, like they're at the end of the line. You got to go into the Temple of Doom and escape the Rolly Ball in order to get to the bathrooms <laughs> at our church. It's kind of confusing. I've heard this from people before. How do I get to a bathroom? Where do I get to a bathroom? Here's the reason why our bathrooms are confusing. Because our church has had additions. Every time I go to a church that's been added onto, that's been changed, it's confusing. Has your church been added onto, Pastor? Has your church had these additions? It can get confusing. Where is this? Where our basement is a labyrinth. I think there's people oh. have died down there. I've smelled their decomposing <laughs> bodies. So. They couldn't get out. And that you're not kidding either. <laughs> no, that is not that is not far from the truth. No. I mean, our basement is cool. It's good. Every part of it is nice, but. It's yeah, it's like a maze down there. I went to a church once and I walked in the front door and you walk in and there's there's a very small almost hallway that you step into. And then you can go to the left or right and you have no idea where to go. And it's like the sanctuary is down a hall, down a hall, down a hall in the back because the place was added on to. Used to be a gym. It was oh my <laughs> goodness. It was like what do I do? Where do I go in this place? So are your places confusing? How do you fix that? Well, you can't get a new building. How about some signs, signs. right? How about pointing people where to go? Signs and greeters. Making it yeah. less confusing. You know what I mean? So that's that goes back to the Rob thing, right? People pulling on the doors. If your facilities are confusing, then then it's time to uh, make it less so. Somewhat connected to facilities is our worship service because that's held in the largest area in our facilities. Yeah. And we have to ask the question, is our worship service accessible and enjoyable. Now, this is something that isn't a physical thing that we're talking about, right? But how we conduct the flow of the service. Yes. And if you're a liturgical church, you might do it one way. If you're a charismatic church, you might do it one way. If you're a very conservative church, you might do it one. All these different things. Sure. And we're not some, telling you how to do it. And sometimes the space dictates. Yeah. How some of that goes. No, but we're saying like, is it? Do people know what to do in your service? You know, is there a place in your service where you always do the doxology or the Lord's Prayer, but you have to have been there to know where you do that part? Right. It, does it say? Do you have a, an order of service Everybody that people knows. have? Do you have printed off readings so that you do this call and response, right? On Easter, this is a great thing. On Easter, uh, your first Easter at our church, people came up to you and said, Christ is risen. And you were like, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were waiting for. He is risen indeed. But you didn't yeah. know. No. You never had done that in your I'd be like, yes. Yes, he yes he is. That wasn't in my experience <laughs> before I came to this church. Now a lot of you say, What? How in the world were you a pastor? Sure. sure. Yeah. So But that's the kind of thing we're talking about. And so do we do stuff because everybody knows right. and can so think about your service for let a minute. everybody else in. Yeah. Think about being a first time Yes guest in your service, will it seem weird? Okay, now some stuff, yes. Some stuff ought to seem weird. Yeah, we're not saying... We give that. Yeah. We give you that. Uh, but does it seem unnecessarily weird? And is it... Do they know it's not... Like, is it shocking when it happens? Yeah. Do, do you need an order of service? Have people been in your primed? Bulletin? Yeah. We didn't have one for years and years and years. Yeah. And then somebody said to me that it will help newcomers if they can see... 
generally the order of service, it will release their, it will lessen their anxiety. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'm all about wanting to lessen the anxiety of a newcomer. So yeah, let's do that. Let's put the order of the service in. Yeah. It used to be, I don't want the believers who are there, I don't want them looking ahead at things and, and thinking <laughs> about that. I want them in the moment, right? right? I want them experiencing it. I don't really want them to know what's coming next because I just want them to lead. I want to lead them from one part of the service to the next right. without them looking at this you know, prearranged order. But then when they said, yeah, but new people would be more comfortable, that convinced me. That's all they had to say. New people be more comfortable. Let's put the order of service do into it. the bulletin. Yeah. So you think about your bulletin. You know, is your bulletin helpful? Does it give information? Right. Uh, does it make, does it lessen anxiety and does it make a more accessible experience, a more enjoyable experience, right. especially for new people? And how about this last thing, Johnny? You you put this one in. You said uh, uh, an, an anemones, um, an, um, anomalies, uh, <laughs> amenities. Oh, amenities, amenities. This is kind of I don't know. Amenity, I <laughs> amenities. <laughs> amenities. Do you do coffee? How about get good coffee? Do you do cookies? I wrote <laughs> dump the hydrox. Right? Yeah, what are the hydrox? Is that like it's a knockoff Oreos? Okay, that's what I thought. The cheap Oreos. Yeah, I'm saying, I, if you're gonna see, do cookies, I never, I never get them, so I don't know. <laughs> she, no, if you do hydrox, please don't write me hate mail. You can eat them, but it's just the whole thing is if you're gonna ha- offer stuff, coffee, cookies, whatever, then offer it well. You know what I mean? Like, don't dump a bunch of crumbs on the plate. Don't don't serve terrible coffee. I get it. Okay, people know that church coffee and church Kool-Aid are bad. How about we shock people instead and have great coffee and fantastic Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> Just, like, yeah. blow the roof off the expectations. So whatever your amenities are, those little things that you do for people to make them more comfortable, make them good. Don't do them or do them well. I think those are the options. And and maybe if you don't have any amenities, think about, you know, and again, cost is probably an issue. Sure. But think about, what about a basket of mints? Ooh. I mean, individually wrapped, right? <laughs> I. Yeah, because you don't, you know, you don't have fingers, Gosh, fingers in all the mints. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a big guy on this individually wrapped stuff. So I have those in my office. Yeah. I always put a little handful of them in my pocket before the service, and I give some to the kids that are around. Very helpful when I preach. You hand me one. Yeah. Or after you preach. I go dry. Yeah. I hand you, I hand you one as well. So just these little things. Sometimes it doesn't have to cost very much yeah. to be helpful. So that's talking about... Your facilities. Facilities. Yeah. Let's talk about people. And you have to ask the question, are your people nice especially to newcomers, but honestly, are they nice to each other? Right. Now, this is a, there's no easy, this is a culture question. Yes. But, but pastors, we can influence the culture of our church. Yes. And if you want to come in, swoop in and be there for a year or two or three and then swoop out, then don't even listen to this one because you can't influence culture in just a couple years. You got to be there for a certain amount of time, and you've got to be invested, and you've got to be willing to do things that your people won't even notice. They won't give you any credit for. They might even push back against it. But you yeah. have to. Maybe you have to be the one to just lead by example. Yeah. In thinking about the new people that maybe some other church members aren't thinking about. In the meantime, find the three nice people that you do have. 
Now, I'm joking. Your church has nice people. People that are wired to be friendly and outgoing. But get some greeters. Put some nice people at the door. If you're concerned that you don't have a welcoming environment necessarily, you're working on it. Okay. We're not here to beat you up about that. But there are people in your church who are what... Look, this is one of those moments. If there's nobody in your church who's welcoming, if the whole place is just in shutdown mode, just, you know, get out the door. Um, But... Somebody in your church is nice, okay? Somebody in your church is wired to be a greeter. We have fantastic greeters. Um, and this, we don't do this crazy greeter training. Everybody talks about, oh, you got to train your greeters. No, we just pick people who are genuinely nice and like happy to see people and stick them at the doors. Can I be like a political candidate was recently? Yeah, go ahead. I like greeters that don't need to be trained. Oh, my. All right? That's the kind of greeters I like. I like the ones that you don't have to train. They're, yeah. they're just friendly and enthusiastic yeah. and outgoing. It sounds like maybe they're gifted yeah. so, you know, to do that. Get some people so. out front. And that goes with this one as well. Do you notice new people at your church? And again, maybe everybody in your church isn't wired to notice new people and go say hi. N- no church is wired completely that way. There are people in our church, fantastic people, loving people, wonderful people, beautiful people, and they're not going to do that. They're not going to go up to a new person and introduce themselves. It's not their wiring. It doesn't make them bad. It's just the case. But do you have people who are that way, and can you use them as almost like new people lookouts? This isn't supposed to sound creepy. It's about being friendly, not creepy. Not creepy. Um, But just to say, hey, how are you? I haven't seen you before. What's your name? How you doing? You have kids? Blah, blah, blah. And that happens That happens pretty naturally at our church, but maybe it doesn't happen that naturally for your church. That's okay. You can get a couple people lined up, a couple families lined up, and just say, hey, you guys can really help me by being on the lookout. Yeah, every church hopefully has people who will approach newcomers and who will greet them and make them feel comfortable and get to know them. Uh, so if you have people like that, hopefully you do. Just encourage them, resource them, you know, affirm them, and let them do what God has wired them to do because every church needs somebody like that. So we're talking about how to make a better Sunday morning experience, right, in your church. And uh, the last thing we had under people was your Sunday morning ministries. Now, I think of these as kids' ministries, nursery, children's church, whatever. And I just think, you know, as a parent, do I want to leave my kids in your nursery? Classic question. Is it dim and dark? Is there a rat in the corner? I'm really into rats in the corner today. Does the nursery worker look like Miss Trunchbull? That's terrifying. (laughs) You never know. Or or Miss Honey. Exactly. So making sure your Sunday morning ministries are working. And and this, I was convicted by this. Um, You know, children's church, where is it? Who goes to it? What ages? What are they learning? These are questions parents want to know. I'm not just going to let my kid go down into some rando basement that I've never seen. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. And so trying to deal with those types of questions, um, I think is going to be really helpful. It's good to pre-think that, and it's good to be prepared, and it's good to communicate ahead to parents. Now, Again, accessible and enjoyable. Let's talk about the programs. When thinking through the programs in your church, how relationship-based are they? Are relationships kind of baked into the program? And you just have to pick a program. Pick any one and say, does this program uh, prioritize relationships or does it prioritize activity? So a lot of programs just keep people busy, whether it's kids, teenagers, uh, senior adults, even, you know, couples, whatever. It keeps people busy, but but does it prioritize relationships? Because relationship-based programs 
are the kind that will help people, keep people accessible to each other, and that also allow them to enjoy their time because it's all about relationships. I think your second question in this is driven the same way. Are your programs using people or are they benefiting people. So are people used to do the program? I think that would be an activity-based program. I feel burned out. We're just trying to put this on. Or are even the people who are putting on the program feeling ministered to it because it's really a benefit to those who are being ministered to? And do programs use people or do they connect people together? Right. Another way of saying relationships. That's that's the key here. Um, are your Programs, do they make sense culturally? So we do Awana. Awana. Awana do a program. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. But it's just like, it's not a normal word. It's an acronym. Think back to the first time you heard the word, Pastor. I mean, I can think back to the first time. I'm you remember? Like, yeah. I'm like, what? I don't I do, I don't know what that is. My, my wife is like, it's called what? <laughs> Awana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounds like, okay, it sounds like Amana. Yeah. Right, the the range, the stoves, the Amana <laughs> sure. brand of yep. appliances. Mm-hmm. So when you say, "Oh, we have Awana on Wednesday nights," new people they have no idea. They so okay, so we're picking on Awana, but pick on anything. Yeah, anything that. Uh, uh, what what are well, some? Well, we other... do Summit on Thursday nights. Yeah, Summit. Well, I, I it's a cool name. I, I I made it up, so I think it's a cool name. But what is it? It's not descriptive of what happens. It's like going up. <laughs> exactly. It's like going up. So so that's the thing is people need to know what it is that they're getting involved in. What is the program? Don't just say it's it's called Mugs. Oh, uh, Super, I guess. Or Boys and Girls Brigade. Boys, yeah, Boys and Girls Brigade, where they learn how to use weapons, I assume? Well, it's, it's where after high school the government pays for your college, I think, <laughs> is what it is. Okay, 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 okay. So making culturally relevant, letting people know, is it understandable to people like what it, you're it, actually if you doing? Said, if you said our church has a midweek, has a Wednesday night kids program. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, really? What do they do there? Like with music and, and Bible lessons? And... Nobody is ever going to say, oh, what do you call it? Nope. No. They're nope. going to say, oh, how old do you have to be? Exactly. What do they do? Right. Will my kid like it? Who Ex- else goes? Bingo. Okay. You're on it. So the last thing is, do volunteers know exactly what's expected of them? Clarity. Clarity. You know what? None of us is... We don't hit a home run on this. No, we're working on it, yeah. and and we're, it's like we're always trying to get, to get this one. We're always trying to nail this one. But volunteers, especially if you're trying to recruit a volunteer, yeah. Hey, do you want to help? What do I have to do? What, what what's expected of me? Right. How long? You know, what skills do I need? Right. You know, and then the, of course they're thinking about their biggest fears and wondering if their biggest fears are involved in this activity. And I, that bleeds out. Volunteers who are well communicated with will, in turn, make a program that they're excited and enthusiastic about, and then the people ministered to by the program will be happy. This has been an interesting episode. We've touched on Jeff. You've edited a lot. <laughs> we've touched on a little bit of everything. But, we have. But here's my encouragement to you, Pastor: is to just take something, take something, and I hope that it's I hope that it's encouraged you. Well, I don't know how much encouraging we've done. It is encouraging. It on is this encouraging. One. We are. In, we then. This is my contention: is that we're saying your church doesn't deserve to be left over by new people. 
Your church doesn't deserve to be skipped. You are doing important things. Your church is valuable. It is important. That's the encouragement. Look, if your church, if, if you had a bad church with bad people and bad programs, like then we wouldn't even, like, just turn this off. That would be not encouraging. We wouldn't be telling you anything about anything. We'd be telling you to shut it down. But I believe in the pastors that we talk to. I believe that they are moving in a direction and that they lead good churches or churches that are going in the right direction. So we're just helping think about how to continue going in that direction. You lead a good church. You lead a church that's making an important impact in the kingdom of God. Let's make it the best that it can be. So we're leaving it up to you, Pastor. There you go. Just pick something. Pick something and uh, don't add to your schedule. Just change your schedule a little bit. Yeah. Do something different. Encourage, equip, equip a volunteer to do something different. Yeah. Inform and inspire and enthuse a volunteer in a different direction. Yeah. And yeah. never stop growing either personally or as a church. I love it. You know, you're not gonna. Hey, you may not be me or Andy Stanley, <laughs> but God wants you. But you can still be something to be the best you yeah. that you can be. And hey. <laughs> And hey, God picked you to lead your church. And that's the encouragement right there. And that's, that's it. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. That's a big deal. It is. So that's it. That's what we got. We hope it's been helpful. If you didn't feel encouraged, send all negative email to Jeff at 200churches.com and he will feel bad about it and, and respond uh, with some kindness. I promise. He just glared at me. So that's what we got. <laughs> and McDonald's gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time on the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church. They do intellectual encouragement for I don't even know where we were at. And we do. No, you can finish the thought. Hang we just on, don't have on, to camp there forever. We'd be way past it if you hadn't interrupted okay, two me. Okay, guys arguing. The two hosts were arguing. And you could cut it right there and then continue. And you could cut all of that shenanigans out. Asher is? He is my son. <laughs> Oh, really? It's like six springs in the I laid in Asher's bed. The thing's a nightmare. I mean, just that bed is like, if he weighed more than 10 pounds, it would kill him probably to sleep in that. I laid in his bed and I pulled the cover up over me and I, went, I closed my eyes and started to snore. Yeah. Oh, he was like all over. Like, this is not right. This is not what should be going Why on is he here. In my bed? Why in the world? I'm like, Asher. And then I told him, Asher, fix my covers right. They're not right. Could you pray with me? Because I want to, will you pray with me before I go to sleep? He's like, like, just like looking at me like, what? What are you you talking about? (laughs)